Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Be Real, Get Real with Women's Prosperity Network. It's Trish Carr, and I'm so excited to have with me today Tiffany Davis, and it's my pleasure to introduce her. Tiffany is a life coach, a licensed minister, a sociologist, which I can't wait to hear about that, an author and a speaker. And uh, Tiffany, tell everybody where you're from. I am from the great state of Texas. Yay, beautiful. That's a big old state. It is indeed. <laughs> it is indeed. And, um, you know, Tiffany's life has changed in ways that she never imagined. And I'm sure that many of us can relate to her story. And the, the whole purpose of this, this dialogue, this conversation, is so that we get to know each other because the truth is that people do business with people. We don't do business with businesses. We do businesses with people. And the more we know about each other, the more we learn from each other, the more we see that we have so many common goals and so many things that we're all striving for, uh, the more likely we are to create a relationship that works for everybody. So, Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the thank broadcast. You. Thank you. I'm honored. It's my pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. So, you know, the question I always like to start out with is, so you're a life coach. You really are about working with people to live their best life, to live their authentic life, right, With that really honors their values, uh, their boundaries and their vision. So tell me a little bit about how did you get started doing this? Like oh. what was your motivation, inspiration for doing that? You know, I, I wish I had just uh, something just more interesting to say, but I really have always felt led to encourage people and to help people. That has always been my passion. That's probably observing my mom as a primary school teacher that loved working in the inner cities and just giving to people. And so I have been teaching, motivating people, uh, supporting them and ministering to people for over 20 years in my uh, roles as a sociologist, a counselor, a minister, and, and as a life coach. And as a mom, you have three kids, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't throw that in often, but man, isn't that the best training ground in the world? It is. It really is. Yeah, you kind of practice on the first one and you get it right by the third. <laughs> well, we hope we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so you've been ministering to people. And as a licensed minister, I'm sure that you've worked with all kinds of people in terms of uh, their relationships. Like that's really where you're focusing now is on relationships, right? It is. Uh, that just kind of fell in my lap. <laughs> so after the uh, traumatic experience of my 19 year marriage just imploding on me, I began to focus a lot more on relationships. I've always understood the importance of family from a spiritual uh, perspective, from a sociological perspective. And um, so it's always been important to me. And so when mine imploded, I just really wanted to do whatever I could to make sure that it, it didn't happen to anybody else. And it's not just marital relationships that can be hurtful, you know, and so we have all different types of relationships and relationships can be the source of great joy in our life, but it can also be the source of crippling pains for individuals. Yeah. And I, 
you know, when you say 19 years, that's a long time. And um, was it a surprise? Were you, were you blindsided or was it like this has been coming for a while? Well, I think in the 12th year, I was kind of blindsided by the circumstances that occurred. But by the 19th year, it was just it's it's time to stop the bleeding. Yeah. Something has to be done. You know, and uh, so I, I think it was a seven year process to get to the point where where enough is enough. Uh, reconciliation was great if it worked, but it, it just it wasn't working. Yeah, seven years is a long time, but you're not alone. Um, myself, same thing. I was uh, in a relate. I was married for 25 years and for a good eight years i was thinking why am i still here why am i here what am i doing why don't i and then something would happen and i would say oh okay i'm supposed to stay and um i kept telling him you know we got to do this we got to do that and it was a shock when i finally said i'm gone like he didn't believe me he go oh, you're not going what are you kidding me did you run into the same type of thing after seven years was he surprised that you were ready to cut it off and it was over I think so. Um, you know, it's, he still would like the marriage to work. I mean, honestly, I would, I would have loved for our marriage to work, but it just those patterns just kept emerging. And after a while, it's like, am I going to, you know, um, am I going to be courageous enough to make the decision that I need to make? Because I realized that I had a superpower and that superpower was my power to make a choice. And for the past seven years, I really yielded that choice um, to him because yeah. everything was contingent upon what well, he's going to work on this. We're going to go to counseling and he wants it to work. And I wanted my family to work. So everything was contingent upon that. And then I finally got to a point where I was willing to make a choice based upon what I thought I needed for me, what I thought was the best choice for me. And it sounds simple, but it really was difficult to mm -hmm. do because, mm -hmm. you know, when all of this happened seven years ago, I realized a lot of different things. One, that um, our reality is really fragile because I thought I had a really good family. We weren't perfect, but I thought we had a really good family. You know, we homeschooled the kids. We would wake them up in the morning singing little songs and we would all go into the kitchen and prepare breakfast, making blueberry muffins and then singing the Muffin Man song. And we would go sit at the, the breakfast table and eat breakfast together. We would pray and we would recite the family vision. We had a family vision. The family vision was that we are a united body led by the Holy Spirit to provide support, training and encouragement to one another and others. So I always thought our family was going to be an instrument that was going to be used to be a blessing to other people. I remember we were playing one afternoon and we had a picnic and we had water guns and we were um, playing uh, robbers and, and stuff uh, and police, you know, cops and robbers. And a repairman from next door came over and said, hey, I just want to tell you that it's a blessing to see your family, you know, just out here having fun and loving each other. And that's the family that I, I thought I had. That's the reality that I thought I lived in. And then with one phone call that didn't last for maybe about 10 minutes, <laughs> I learned about the, the treacherous acts of, of my husband, the things that were going on in the dark that just made me totally um, question everything that I thought I knew about my family for the past 12 years. 
Wow. So that must have felt like a punch in the stomach, right? Like, I can't imagine, like, everything's going great, and there you are on the telephone, and somebody's sharing with you, this is not the man you're really married to. No. And, you know, as I think back upon it, I really wasn't as mad as I probably should have been, as somebody else probably would have been. And I think some of that was I had developed an immunity from what I observed in my childhood, <laughs> you know, and go back to that good old childhood and, and see things. But I think I, even though everything was great, I loved my husband. I felt that he loved me just kind of from the things that I had observed in, um, in other relationships, it, it still wasn't all that surprising. And even though, you know, like I said, I expected different, it still, like I said, I just, it happened all around me yeah. and it was difficult, you know, still to swallow. And it mm -hmm. was hard to recognize this person because here is this man singing, where's the muffin man with me with the kids. Here is this man where we're ministering together in the church over the marriage ministry of all things, you know, doing these things together. And this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing that was going on. And so it, it caused, you know, just a lot of different, you know, emotions to transpire. And in spite of all that, you know, I decided, okay, you know, we decided together we would reconcile, go to counseling and all that great stuff. But what ended up happening is that phone call ended up just being in the course of seven years, the first of many different traumatic reveals of things that were going on. Wow. So, Tiffany... Uh, first of all, you know, I can't imagine the strength it took you to stay and go through the counseling only to find out one other thing, then finding out another thing. And here you are. I mean, regardless, you know, I was married for 25 years and it took courage for me to leave. I didn't even have kids. How did you muster the courage to say, this is it, I'm, I'm, uh, we're we're not going to be together anymore and we'll take care of the kids separately and having to deal with all of that upheaval. How'd you get the courage to finally say that enough is enough? Well, I kind of sent my, I, I was my own life coach. <laughs> you know, um, I happened to be around, you know, we, we have moved a lot. And in moving, I never really had a lot of strong relationships and long-term relationships. And even those that I had, I always was kind of like that person where everybody goes to her. And I've never been ashamed of anything that uh, I've been through when I minister in the churches. I, I let them know, you know, very freely, I'm not perfect. So I've never been ashamed of the things that have happened, but I still never had anybody else to lean on. And so I literally was my on my coaching, the breakthrough process that I use with my clients now, I really use with myself and I created what I call the ACE breakthrough. And A um, is for acknowledge. You know, we have to acknowledge those things that are going on in, uh, in the state of mind that we're in. And then C is for connect. We have to connect uh, those emotions with that state. And then E is to evaluate how those emotions and thoughts have created mindsets and, and what they're doing to us. And so I had to acknowledge what I was feeling regarding the divorce and really what I was feeling. I was scared. <laughs> I was scared to get divorced and I, and I was scared, um, you know, 
I, I was scared. And we live in a society that I think has really just diluted what it means to be strong because there really is strength in acknowledging how you feel. But, you know, we look at it in our society as a sign of weakness, but it's important to recognize how, how we feel. And interestingly enough, I have a client, um, someone I was working with this week that's dealing with divorce. And he said, well, maybe I should just tough it out. And inside I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you know, but I can't tell him that. And I, and I asked him, okay, well, what do you mean by tough it out? And he said, well, maybe I should just, just ignore how I feel. And so I asked him, you know, what, what is that going to do? And is, is that going to work out well? You know, how do you think that's going to work out for you? And ignoring our feelings, it wasn't going to work out for him. And me ignoring being scared wasn't going to work out for me. So I had to acknowledge that. And then I had to connect what thoughts I was having about being scared. And some of them were kind of silly, but you know, I, I, I was scared to get a divorce because I didn't know what the future holds, you know, and that, that's something that, you know, a lot of people are going to have. They just, they don't know what the future is going to hold for them. And I didn't know what my financial future was going to look like either. And, yeah. and so another thought was, you know, I won't have health insurance. You know, it's, I was thinking all these kind of, I was scared. I was scared about retirement. We moved so much to invest in my husband's career and his promotions that I never was any, at any place long enough to, um, you know, have a retirement. So I was scared about that. And I was scared for my children and scarring them. And so this was the narrative that was playing in my head that I can't get a divorce because of these things. And so then I had to evaluate then how is this influencing me? You know, and I realized that really having this narrative that I created, this fear of getting divorced and staying, it had me staying in a relationship that was killing me softly. And it was causing me not to think rationally. And so I had to neutralize those thoughts with rational thoughts and with thoughts of faith. And so I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do believe that I serve a God that knows what tomorrow uh, has instilled for me. And I do believe that I serve a God that says that he has plans to prosper me and to do me no harm. And so I believe that my tomorrow is going to be better than okay, because coupled with faith and works, I know it's going to be okay, better than okay. And then even with the, the thing about the health insurance, I'll, I'll get health insurance, but guess what? I can also make sure I'm eating better. I'm exercising like I'm supposed to, and I'm not going to worry myself into sickness either. You know, so I just began to, like I said, neutralize all of those different thoughts. And, you know, even with the money, rationally, hey, we've been married over 10 years. I legally, um, I can get half of the retirement. That's not a big deal. But I also serve a guy that says I had the power to get wealth. And now I'm using that power to create multiple streams of income and wealth for my children and for my children's children. So I'm not worried about those things anymore. And as wow. far as my children, I was scared because I, I wanted to leave them this legacy of family. Right. And what I had to do is realize that that hasn't changed. I can still leave them a legacy of family. It's just going to look different. You know, they still have a mother and father who love them, uh, a father who is still around for them. So they still have that. And, you know, I was scared of that stigma 
that these kids, my kids would have being from a broken home, having a, a single parent uh, household. But you know, I'm not giving that energy to anybody that would put that label on my kids. And I have given my kids the, I have allowed them to witness their mother making a courageous decision so that she can be happy and healthy. And I believe that they can use that to be happier and healthier in their lives. They would have courage to make the decisions that they need to make for themselves. Wow. Wow. Like it, it was so interesting just listening to you take me through your own ACE methodology for yourself, how where you were at the beginning and what you were thinking at the beginning and how you had to acknowledge because, you know, it is true. People say, well, I'll just put my feelings aside and continue on. But acknowledging where you're at is the first step. And then dealing with those fears, Tiffany, are, it's amazing that you were able to take all of your um, learnings and teachings and really your faith to get you to the place where you could evaluate those away. So, you know, I think you're speaking a lot of people's story here. A lot of us stay in all kinds of relationships that aren't the right relationships for us, whether that's a relationship with a romantic partner or married, or whether it's with a friend that you've been a friend with a very long time, or whether it's a business relationship that isn't working for you anymore. So your system really can help people move through that and get beyond it. So I just applaud you for everything that you have done for yourself, for your family, and now doing for other people. I know that on, I'm running it now that um, on your site, you have a really great ebook about establishing healthy relationship boundaries. What kind of advice would you give to people who might be in a relationship, regardless of whether, like I said, business, personal, romantic, you know, where's the first step? for them it sounds like acknowledgement and really getting real most definitely they definitely have to acknowledge what they want because that can you know our own desires can be at the bottom of the totem pole when we're looking at how other people feel uh you know just we put we tend to not put ourselves first and we should really be taking care of ourselves before we're taking care of anybody else because we're not going to be as effective taking care of anybody else. So, so we have to make sure that we really acknowledge, um, you know, what we want. And sometimes we want a relationship more than we want that person. Right. <laughs> so we have to be able to distinguish the two sometimes. And that person might just not be the right person for that relationship that you want. And we have to have the courage to make the decisions that we want that are best for us. You know, and when I was trying to neutralize all these beliefs that I was having, I realized that I really trained myself not to put my needs first in so many different ways. You know, girlfriends would call me and ask, hey, where do you want to go to lunch? And I would say, oh, wherever you want to go, it's okay. I can find anything on any menu. But why not say, you know, I really don't like that restaurant that you pick all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. And it was the same with going to the movies. Oh, whatever you want to watch. But guess what? I hate dramas. I don't want to cry over somebody else's problems. <laughs> I have enough. Give me a mutant spider from space that's trying to invade a village. That's what I prefer. <laughs> but even in those small things, I was training myself not to put my needs first. 
And that's not to say that we don't, um, you know, we don't respect anybody else's needs, but we need to recognize ours and uh, and make sure that we're being true to ourselves yeah. when we make decisions as to whether or not we stay at a job or in a, any type of relationship. Wonderful. Wow, that's great, really. Well, for any of you who are resonating with what Tiffany's talking about, I urge you to be in touch with her because um, sometimes we need somebody to look over our shoulder and help to move us through these different experiences we're having in our lives. So, Tiffany, how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can go to my website, levelingupbychoice.com. And um, on the website, uh, my contact, my phone number is on there. They can schedule a free discovery call with me. And we can just, you know, chat, have a, just a nice, safe conversation about what might be going on in their lives. Because sometimes, you know, we need other people, like you said. And in spite of, you know, me feeling like I really didn't have a confidant, during this time, I ended up finding somebody that I felt that I could trust because I felt so much confusion like so many people do. And what I ended up doing is I captured all my thoughts and put them on paper. And mm -hmm. I shared that with this person that I believe was a trusted person and she has been. And I said, I need you to hold me accountable. This is the decision that I've made. And even in, in moving forward with my divorce, you know, Oftentimes when we would have the discussion about divorce, I would I would hear him. I love the way he lied to me. And when he would say, I love you and I want us to work, I would just give in. But I wrote it on an index card and gave it to him. <laughs> this is my decision. And I went with it. And so if I can help anybody else, you know, never get in that, that's what I'm here for. Awesome. Tiffany, thank you so much for being so raw and so real, because we know that we, uh, when we can be real, and that's what this is about, we can get real with, especially with, you know, when you can be real and acknowledge what's happening, you can get real and you can connect with those thoughts and you can evaluate those thoughts. And when that happens, you can get real results. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story. Be in touch with Tiffany at Leveling Up by Choice. And I look forward to seeing all of you again at the next Be Real, Get Real. Thank you for watching. Thank you for sharing. See that button down there? Go ahead and share this. Because I think Tiffany is speaking to a lot of us who have experienced this and to many of us who are still experiencing relationships throughout our lives where we're not being authentically ourselves, where our values are not being uh, honored. And we all want to live our best authentic life. So thanks again, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Thank you Tiffany, for being here. We'll see you again next time on Be Real, Get Real.